Hi, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to this week's episode of The Techno Analyst. I'm your host, Shirley Singleton. I'd like to welcome everybody back. I'm happy to be back, and I look forward to providing you with some good information over the next couple of weeks, months, years. I'm excited about our new format on the podcast. We're going to be talking about more fundamentals meaning we're going to be looking at market environments the you know uh we're going to be looking at news we're going to be looking at things that affect different markets we're going to be looking at crypto market we're going to be looking at real estate market we're going to be looking at stocks some forex and we're also going to be having um interviews from uh industry professionals, industry influencers. One of my uh, upcoming interviews is going to be with uh, loan officers. You know, I, I hope to have a, a, a real estate segment either weekly or monthly where we'll talk about the market conditions uh, currently, uh, what's happening in the market that I'm in, which is in the Florida market, Northeast Florida, and also what's happening nationwide, and to to help give you a better idea of, you know, if you want to dip your toe into the market, you need to understand, you know, what you're jumping into. You don't want to jump in at the wrong phase of the market, at the height of the market, you know, the height of the speculative market, if you're looking for good deals. I'm looking forward to bringing you all of that information. So, as most of you know, I also have a YouTube channel. And on that YouTube channel, I'm going to be, do, going to be doing more technical analysis. I really enjoy technical analysis, and I'll be putting out a couple of technical analysis videos um a week i'm not exactly sure on the schedule but look forward to uh checking out those make sure that you subscribe to my youtube channel which i will leave a link in the comments all right moving on to today we're going to be talking about the Bitcoin ETF that launched on January the 11th. And how's that working out for everybody? So prior to the launch of the Bitcoin ETF, there was a lot of speculation around price action, that prices would go up due to high demand from um, from from investors, from institutional investors. And that didn't really play out. So the ETF launched on like January the 11th. Podcast is being recorded towards the end of January. And on January the 24th, there was a tweet put out by BitMEX Research that showed the outpouring of BTC from some of the more well-established funds that are currently that were in place prior to the ETF launch, such as BTC, um, ARC, 
Bitwise and Franklin. And there have been outpourings of BTC like 430 million dollars just out of GBTC, which is a grayscale um, Bitcoin, which is a grayscale ETF. And 25 million dollars out of ARK, which is a hedge fund. So what is that? And, and, and then we look at Bitcoin price, which has gone down since the inception of the uh, ETF. So what does this tell us? What, what can we intuit from this? So it looks like that there has not been high institutional demand for Bitcoin during these first 10, 9, 10, 11 days outside of a redistribution from these other funds that had higher fees to the Bitcoin ETF, which has lower fees. That kind of accounts for the Bitcoin price action being going down as opposed to going up like other people speculated. But now things seem to be slowing down and Bitcoin price seems to be recovering. While it is my belief, and this is just my belief, that there is a bull market coming, I don't think we're quite there yet. And when it happens, it'll be interesting to see if there is that institutional uh buy side pressure that drives it or if it's going to be something else. I, I like te technical analysis um, and from the technical analysis side you know you don't really care too much about the fundamentals you just care what the chart looks like and we'll see how that plays out but since this is the podcast and we are talking about fundamentals let's talk about them what do crypto fundamentals look like? Well, there are several different things that I look at as far as crypto fundamentals in general. Uh, there is the Bitcoin to altcoin chart, you know, the Bitcoin dominance chart. That's what it's called. Bitcoin dominance chart gives us a perspective of the amount of and in, in the overall crypto market the ratio between bitcoin being traded versus all other altcoins typically at the beginning of a bull run there is high bitcoin dominance and then the altcoins catch up the altcoins start gaining, ste gaining steam. And then, um, yeah, at the peak of a crypto rally, then um, things start to go back down and Bitcoin dominance starts to go back up. That's usually how the cycle works with, when you look at Bitcoin dominance. But that's only one of the things that I look at it in, as far as fundamentals. Another thing that I look at... at and fundamentals is the fear and greed index 
that talks that that is based off of uh, social media and Google searches and price action and with that there are several different um, sources for this uh, trading view has a source as well as there is the the, the first um, the original fear and greed index website but what this shows is it's it's kind of it's sort of like an oscillator of overbought oversold in some cases but um, in the in the in in times of severe fear prices tend to plunge and then in greed times of high greed then prices are are high you know higher than the market generally will support so times of high greed are followed by crashes in the market where the price you know kind of comes back down and it it, it it gets a reality check but then that's the overall crypto market that's 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 more general but then when I start to look at specific coins you know I look at um, you know how in stocks you have your blue chip stocks and then you have your um, your junk your penny stocks stuff like that there are things like that in in crypto as well so your blue chips would be is definitely your blue chip is definitely Bitcoin Bitcoin um, would be a blue chip other uh, other highly rated tokens would be Ethereum which has a extremely large developer base um, and then you have your meme coins would be more like your 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 junk your 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 junk stocks or your your penny stocks they are highly volatile and they do not uh, and there's a lot of risk so when you start looking at a token you have to decide what's your risk level you know that's one of the things that I would ask myself is that <clears throat> if I have a hundred dollars and that's all that I have then you know I might look at my portfolio distribution a little differently than opposed as opposed to if I have like a thousand dollars if I have a hundred dollars then you know maybe I might you know be a little bit more cautious you know if I, if I if, and, and I'm looking to and I'm want to be cautious and I would probably invest the a higher percentage of that in the Bitcoin um, if I am have a hundred dollars and I feel and I and, I, and my risk appetite is extremely high and I don't care if I lose that hundred dollars then I might invest all of that 
into an altcoin. But I would, once again, we'll talk about portfolio management in a different uh, episode. But when investigating, because we're talking about just fundamental, you know, like what do I look for in fundamentals? That's that's one of the things that I take into consideration is the the type of coin. You know, like what's its use case? I go to the pages. Uh, I go to the the, the tokens uh, page because I have yet to find a token that does not have a page that talks about it. Um, that has information on it, such as its white paper that talks about the technology used uh, to for that token, different encryption methods and stuff like that. Um, I look at what its utility or functionality is. And that's a lot of thing that, that people tend to forget about when they look at cryptocurrencies is that, that <clears throat> one of the key aspects to them is their uh, utility. You know, what is it supposed to do? Uh, in the case of mean you know like is it supposed to solve a particular problem uh do they have a mission statement and in the case of uh meme coins they started out with pretty much no utility it was a some the utility was it was a joke coin you know it was just there to um you know it it was not meant to have utility but in the rise, as we see the rise uh, of meme coins, such as uh, in the past Doge coin, and then there's uh, Shiba Inu and Pepe, and now we have Bonk and Floki and Snake. A lot of other there's tons of meme coins so if you're going to and play in that sector the meme coin sector you know now that these meme coins have some form of utility uh, they have integrations into different uh, infrastructures they're being used as currency you can buy stuff with these meme coins um, at different online stores and uh, games in online games is they they're being used or for just daily purchases and I found that interesting that you know even so now there's even a hierarchy among meme coins like what is the potential for this meme coin to grow like how does this meme coin differentiate itself from other meme coins like what is uh another thing with a lot of these meme coins is that they have um different rates in which some of them burn tokens so i tend to look at how many is there a maximum amount of tokens um that that can be created and if so are all the cr tokens created up front and if and if they are then who's holding those tokens 
are the developers holding those tokens, you know, looking for the price to go up and then they dump it all at one time, crashing the market and leaving you holding the bag? That has happened in the past. So those are things that you, that, that one would look at when evaluating um, tokens. Another thing is how many holders, how many people are holding this, this token? If they think it's a good investment, you know, if only, you know, 15 people think it's a good investment, then, you know, is it a good investment? And what's, what's driving that? A lot of these developers or, or development projects have uh, GitHub accounts. And you can check and see the activity of these GitHub accounts uh, to see, is this being actively worked on? And no code is perfect. So, and there's always new stuff going on in that that has to be developed their their bug fixes stuff like that if a project does not show activity good development activity then that's a that's a red flag um the types of integrations the number of integrations that a project has or that that that's being um that that have been developed for a project is also something that i look at and how many exchanges are is is it on because if it could be the best project in the world on paper the white paper could look great the but if you don't but if it's not listed on an exchange that people can get to then they're going to be less holders and there'll be less usage of that coin there'll be less transactions for that coin or token and so is is is, is it what's what's its value i mean is the value going to, to I mean, that, that really impacts the value. And then also, what type of um, transactional system, you know, is, is it using? Is it using proof of stake? Is it using proof of work? Is it using proof of whatever? For me, it's something that I, you know, I, I, I'm interested in finding out because that impacts the number of people who are active in the community who may set up nodes to process those transactions. You know, what's the reward system for the people who support the network infrastructure level? You know, how do they get paid? How, you know, what are the transactions? the transaction fees how do the transaction fees work you know is there gas to be paid is there i mean because part of the issue with the with ethereum is it the high gas fees and you know bitcoin has a high transaction fee as well now 
and they have these these and and people are building these things on top of these um these platforms but is it really scalable you know how scalable is it i plan on going to more into depth about and in, in depth in in future ish and future episodes about the different layers of technology of blockchain technology what does that mean um what does that mean towards the the different uh the tokens and how that might impact their prices in other news congresswoman maxine waters top democrat in the house financial services committee sent a letter to mark zuckerberg and meta to ask why meta is filing five trademark applications related to digital asset services and blockchain technology and what those applications could portend for Meta's entry into the crypt- into cryptocurrency. Now, this comes after the in 2022 when uh, Facebook uh, Meta abandoned their stablecoin that they were Libre or that they were working on because of concerns from the uh, from congressional concerns. Now they're following up to say, hey, you know, if you abandon all this, so what, what is this for? So I found that interesting. Also, we have Binance US uh, being uh, losing their license to for users in Florida and in Alaska. So because of the um, <clears throat> the conviction of uh, CZ, former CEO of Binance, uh, his conviction in U.S. federal court for money laundering, they have, uh, Binance U.S. has, in Alaska, they failed to come to a resolution for them to continue to do business in Alaska and Florida has also said no you know you cannot do business in Florida as well so now they will be exiting those markets I find that interesting to see if other states will follow up that will this mean for finance US I find it concerning because in the US marketplace we have we have a limited marketplace we have big big exchanges like Coinbase big centralized exchanges like Coinbase and Kraken and I mean there're not a whole lot of other options I mean there may be some smaller exchanges but as far and it's hard to 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 get tokens that's the whole thing with centralized exchanges um and still with the adoption of cryptocurrency it's still in its infancy stages it's a lot more accessible for users who are new to crypto to use a centralized exchange before being able to maybe go to a decentralized model 
it's just a lot easier for the for the user. So I do find it concerning that we are losing options in the centralized marketplace. While centralized marketplaces have their problems, they do have their um, advantages as well. And that's it for today. Also, check me out on my socials at The Techno Analyst on YouTube and on Facebook. Until next time, peace.